Good morning and welcome to the Results Club. If you want to achieve extraordinary results in your life and business, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Liat Horovitz, and as a results coach, I help driven, high-performing humans identify and achieve the results they desire. On this show, I will be sharing inspiring interviews with some of the most interesting experts and thought leaders out there, as well as strategy tips, mindset tools, and motivational resources that you need to achieve the results you want. Our journey to success starts here. Welcome to the club. This is a very special episode for me. It is something that is very close to my heart and a topic that right now is very timely because this episode is dedicated to my sweet, cute dad. On his 84th birthday, which we celebrated this week, And today I'm going to be sharing with you seven lessons that I have learned from my father over the almost 43 years of having him as my dad since I was born. And when I was thinking about putting this together, it literally took me maybe a minute to put these things down. And it was so easy. It just flowed for me. I can't wait to be able to share this with you. For any of you who actually know my father or who have seen me share a snippet of him on social media, maybe one of our outings to Indigo, because that's our favorite place to go together, the bookstore, or just any other spot, you will know how special this man is. And so I hope that collectively we can wish him a very happy, healthy, and joyful 84th birthday. And now I'm going to share with you the seven lessons that I have learned from my dad. Let's get into it. Okay, so the first thing I think about when it comes to my father is how he will literally speak to everyone and anyone. And I absolutely inherited that from him. And I have over the years learned that that is, I think, one of our most special qualities is that we just find people to talk to everywhere and anywhere. The thing about my dad is that he will look for something that he has either in common with that person to strike up a conversation Or he will find something about that person that he likes. And so he will naturally just start the conversation with a compliment or an observation. So I'll give you a perfect example. (laughs) My dad loves children. He loves babies. He loves to see moms with their babies or grandparents with their grandchildren or fathers with their kids. Either way, like we will be in the mall or we'll be walking somewhere And he will notice, like we'll be at the park with my kids and he will notice someone else with their kids. And I notice he'll just naturally gravitate towards them and start chatting to them and asking them how their children are, how old they are, what their names are and complimenting them on their kids. And so who doesn't love to be complimented about their own children? I think no one on this earth. So that's something I've really learned from him is to find something in someone else that you either like or resonate with and compliment them and start a conversation to make them feel good and to connect. 
Another thing that my father really loves, this is a little bit interesting, is he really loves tattoos. He does not have any of his own. However, he really loves tattoos. So he has this knack for spotting a person with a tattoo and then suddenly I'll notice he's talking to them without even a hesitation. So again, finding a way to compliment someone on the art that they've chosen to put on their bodies. It's really funny when he does this because quite honestly, like sometimes someone will be having lunch and they've got a tattoo on their arm and my dad will get up from our spot at the restaurant having lunch with us and go over to them and start an entire conversation about their tattoos. Okay, the next thing is how to be curious. My dad always looks for ways to learn something, understand something, ask something. And still to this day, he'll walk into my house and we'll sit down for a meal or we'll start chatting. And he starts with the questions. Where's this one? Where's that one? How was your day? What's news? Like he's just got this knack for being curious and finding things that interest you. So he's very into music. He's very into art. He loves reading. He loves sports and watching television. So I know that even when we're having a quiet moment, I can just ask him a question about the things that he loves and it immediately sparks up a conversation for us. So that sense of curiosity that I definitely have, I think, has been taught and nurtured from him. For number three, I'm going to share the thing about my dad that I have learned is a love for the arts. As I mentioned before, he really loves music classical music in particular, and he really loves art. He also loves sports and television and all those kinds of things. But the love for the arts has really been something that has been front and center in our upbringing. So I remember as a little girl, my dad would take me, all of us actually, all of me and my siblings, to this music store where they used to sell compact discs. Remember those people? CDs. We used to go to the CD shop on a Saturday morning and visit his special friend Errol who was the weirdest and wackiest of characters. Of course, my father found him. I don't know how and where, but that's what he does. And we used to go and visit Errol at the CD store. And we used to just like look around and listen to music and look at all the CDs. And my dad would, you know, buy something new for himself to listen to, usually in the genre of um, classical music. And then similarly, my dad really loves art, but more than the art itself. I think he really loves the artists behind the art and the stories behind those artists. So again, leading to the curiosity and the finding people to talk to, we would be walking somewhere. I mean, whether we were traveling or just in South Africa at home or in Israel or wherever we are, now he lives near me in Canada, he will find a piece of art and then he will dig deeper and try to figure out who the artist is if he likes it. If he finds who the artist is and he likes the art, there's pretty much no stopping him to actually reach out to the artist themselves. So much so that my dad has befriended various artists all over the world or art enthusiasts, let's call them. And he has relationships with these people from all over the planet. It's unbelievable. I have to share just one more story about art. And that is that in South Africa, when I was much, much, much younger, I have a recollection of consistently visiting this really, really old, I would say reclusive man named Fred Page. 
who lived alone in a small apartment. And I remember when I was really young, my dad used to take us to visit him also on the weekend. And there was a specific smell that permeated the air in this man's apartment. And later in my life did I realize that that smell was actually the smell of pipe, like a pipe, smoking a pipe. I don't even know how to say it. I haven't seen a pipe or smelt it like that in many, many years. It's not a cigar. It's not cigarettes. It's an actual pipe, like old school. And Fred Page himself used to smoke pipes and he used to create art. That's what he did. He was an artist. Now, how on earth did my father find him? It's an interesting story, but somehow he found a piece of his art somewhere, got interested in the artist, tracked him down, realized that he was this very poor, reclusive man living somewhere in the middle of Port Elizabeth, South Africa. And my father, this is typical. My father befriended him, used to take him food. I remember my mom used to cook for him and my dad used to take him food and go and try and help him. And also used to try to help sell his art. So he kind of became Fred Page's art manager, which is just absolutely mind-blowing to me. So much so that over the years, Fred Page became a very famous South African artist. And now in my parents' home, there are just endless Fred Page paintings hanging all over the show because over the years, my father would collect them and purchase them from people who had bought Fred Pages over the years and then had sold them back to my dad at a later stage after Fred had passed away. My dad loved Fred Page and many other artists so much so that he dedicated a few years of his life, about 15 years ago, I would say, to writing a book about Fred Page and his life. So my dad is a published author, which is actually really, really cool. And it's something that I'm very proud of. So I know I went on and on about my dad's love of the arts, but these stories are what makes my father really so special and so unique. And I think I am so grateful for him doing these things so naturally that I now do so naturally and don't take for granted, which is taking interest in the art world, not just art, but music, DJing, dancing, acting, singing, all of it. And I do exactly what he does. If I find a singer that I really love, I will try to find a way to track them down, at least just to tell them what a big fan I am. So next up is something that is connected to my dad's profession. And the lesson is that nothing is final and set in stone until it is signed. Signed, sealed, delivered. My dad was a lawyer. He's retired right now. And he always taught me that until you have that signature or until you have that handshake or that agreement in place, something that you think that might happen or might be complete or finalized is not yet until it's signed. So that has obviously helped me just in my mindset when it comes to getting excited about certain things. Someone gives you a promise and tells you we're going to we're going to do something together from a work perspective or a friend perspective or any relationship. But at the end of the day, it's not final until it's final, right? And that has also helped me in my business to really understand that you have to go through the fine print. You have to take the time and get the people involved and the expertise that you would need to make sure that everything is done in a meticulous and correct way and signed, sealed, and delivered before you can get excited or, on the converse side, upset about something. There's no need to overreact until 
you're really at the end of something if it's going to be something that's going to upset you. Number five is that you can be a stern and perhaps even a scary person, but also be really lovable and kind. (laughs) I'll say that growing up, I think a lot of my friends and people in the community thought my dad was I would say scary because he has a low voice. He was a pretty successful and very hardworking and well-known lawyer, attorney in South Africa. And so with that came this sense of sternness and a little bit of scariness with this deep voice and this presence in the legal world. However, he is quite honestly the sweetest, most lovable, cutest man. And I call him cute dad because he is just that. Like I squeeze his cheeks and I pat his head (laughs) and I just hold his hand and we dance together and we just have the best time. So he's the cutest, most lovable thing, but he's also very stern and can be scary. The reason I'm sharing this one with you is because I think a lot of us think we can't be both, especially in our parenting. If you end up raising your voice or getting upset with your children or losing your over something that you feel bad about it because then you think your children will view you in the way that is only that and not in a way that is just lovable and kind and supportive and encouraging. And I beg to differ because I think you can really be both. Your children can also learn that there's a place and a time for being both, especially when you're trying to advocate for yourself or something out there in the world. And when you're being kind out there in the world, that they both can exist simultaneously. Okay, this is one of my favorite ones. And it just literally gives me flashbacks to all the different parts of my life that this pertains to. And that is my dad's love for travel. Oh my gosh, I will have to add in my mom in this one and actually my mom in all of them. This does not take away from my mom's special additions and lessons and love and attention from her throughout all these years. I'll have to dedicate another episode just to her for that. But for this one, I'm going to give credit to both my parents. The love for travel, that is something that I have learned from a very, very young age. And if for some reason you don't yet resonate with this concept, it doesn't have to be travel overseas, more so just adventure, getting out of your comfort zone, doing new things, learning new cultures, trying new food, all those kinds of things. I absolutely learned this from my parents. And I often think to myself, I don't know how they encouraged me and let me go to all these weird and wonderful places over the years where I wanted to travel. So for example, I remember when I was, let me just think, the first time I went to Brazil, I think it was second or third year university. So I'm thinking 19, 20 years old, something like that. And at the time, travel to Brazil, especially, especially for a young, single, white, Jewish girl from South Africa was absolutely not the accepted thing to do and the common thing to do. But I wanted to go to Brazil because the author that I loved the most at that time was Paulo Coelho. He was Brazilian and I wanted to visit where he was from. It was very simple. Luckily, I had a friend who loved the idea of traveling too. And so we went together for three weeks in one of our breaks at university. And my parents did nothing but encourage me. I cannot imagine how scary it must have been for them to put us on the airplane and say, off you go to their 19-year-old two naive girls 
going to a country where we did not speak the language that was definitely rife with uh, crime and political unrest, just like South Africa, I guess. And, you know, they really encouraged me always to travel, always, 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 even now, even now with the kids, they will encourage us to travel with and without them. They will move into my house to look after my kids so that my husband and I can have a short break, even though we haven't done that in a while. But that is something that they always, always encouraged me to do. I've been to Thailand when I was 18. I went to Europe when I was 20, 21 to Brazil, 23 to South America for six months, backpacking, and the list goes on and on. So I have so much gratitude from to my parents for that fact. And it's something that I really hope that we have instilled in our children, whether or not we've been able to do the actual trips or just the concept of loving to travel and learning about different places, cultures, and the like. Last but not least, this is the seventh lesson that I have learned from my dad. And that is <laughs> to find joy in the sweetest of things. And I mean that quite literally. My dad has a very sweet tooth that I absolutely share with him. And we love to indulge in sweet things. We love to indulge in food and anything that relates to something delicious. And so I will always have sweet memories and really amazing moments of like sneaking a little chocolate or going to his favorite bakery and getting something together. And I've just remembered, just remembered something. And I'm so happy I did. Maybe I should add this as the, as the eighth lesson, or I'll just tie it in here. I cannot remember even once in my entire life that my father would have something on his plate or would be eating something. And if I would say, could I have a piece or is that nice? I don't even ask for a piece. I just ask him, is that good or is that nice? I can't remember a time where he's ever said no to sharing it with me. He always, always, always says, have it, have all of it. And he would give me absolutely everything, even if it was something that he absolutely loved and was savoring and relishing every last little piece, he would share it with me before giving it to himself first. So there's the joy in the sweetest of things, in all the deliciousness of life that my father never put himself first. He would always want to share it with me and he would never be <laughs> as selfish as to say, oh no, this is my last bite. And I sometimes find that challenging with my own kids. Like if I'm eating something and I really love it and there's like one bite left and my child asks me for it, I notice there's a moment in my mind where I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to give it. I usually do. But there's something in my mind that like, I don't know if I want to give it. There's a bit of a hesitation. My dad never hesitated with that. Oh, and so on that note, I'm going to give a shout out to my father on his 84th birthday. What an absolute privilege, honor, and and special, special thing, joy that we have to have him with us and to be able to share this special moment. I know, I know firsthand that this is something that is not to be taken for granted. I have a lot of friends and family members who unfortunately are not 
as lucky as I am at the moment to have my dad by my side. And so please join me in wishing him a very happy birthday. This is such a special milestone. I'm so grateful to have him and my mom living around the corner, literally a 10 minute drive away, helping us and being so engaged and involved in my life and in my husband's life and my kid's life and my whole family. We are all very, very grateful for the special and incredible man that he is and the incredible lessons we have learned from him. On that note, I'm giving a quick shout out to my mom too. So much love for you, Ma. I love you and I'm so grateful for you and all the lessons that you have taught me. Your episode will come up soon. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this and that it sparked some inspiration for the types of lessons you are grateful for from your parents or loved ones or mentors around you and also how you are bringing up your children or the children around you in your life if they're not your own. Thank you so much for listening to this special edition and episode on the Results Club. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Results Club. If you enjoyed it and found it insightful, I would love it if you could take a moment to write a short review, rate this episode, and even subscribe to the Results Club podcast. That way, other driven high performers just like you will be able to find it. If you'd like to find out more about how to achieve your ultimate results in life and business, head over to www.liathorovitz.com for information and resources on my coaching, upcoming retreats and masterminds, and so much more. If you're ready to see how coaching can help you, schedule a discovery call with me. I would so love to meet you and hear more about your story and how I can help you. See you next week.